0: The Super Bowl is over. The Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes did it again. I'm wearing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sweater to shout out the only time, probably, that that Mahomes will ever be beaten in the Super Bowl. But... Today, we're going to be tackling a first-round NFL mock draft now that we have the official draft order going through all the team needs and some of the picks. And of course, as a fantasy channel, if you guys are new around here, we are probably going to primarily focus on the fantasy players that go in this mock draft. But thankfully, in the 2024 draft cycle, that is going to be a lot of them because of the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, and uh, some of the tight end prospects here. So I'm excited to get into this one. We're going to do the full first-round mock. Uh, Danny, how are you doing?
1: Doing well, doing well. And yeah, finally, if you're a fan of the Chiefs or the 49ers, you get to embrace what the other 30 teams have been doing these last couple of months. And that's been grinding the mock drafts, seeing what your team's projected at, kind of plotting out their plan. We're going to be tackling it from all 32 teams perspective now that we have this finalized order. But with that being said, as always, let's waste no time and let's get right into it.
0: All right. So we are now into the mock draft. Again, if you skip the intro, I'm going to be controlling the odd teams. Danny's going to be controlling the even teams. We're going to try and go through this as quickly as we can. So we're not keeping everybody around too much. There's been a lot of buzz about the first overall pick, especially with, you know, all the, you know, analysts and all the reporters all in, you know, Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. We heard a lot of news come out about the draft. And to me, it sounds like the bears are going to take Caleb Williams because they've been reported as saying they're going to need a historical offer to move off of the first overall pick. It sounds like the commanders are interested in moving up to number one, but I think if they if the offer was reasonable or whatever and the Bears were intent on keeping Justin Fields, a trade like that might have been already, you know, happened or maybe we'd hear a lot more buzz about that. So for me, the thing that I keep coming back to is if the Bears don't want to move off of first overall, it's because they want to take Caleb Williams, not Marvin Harrison or whatever other player that they'd be interested in. It sounds like to me they're getting ready to move off of Justin Fields. So I'm going to go ahead and make the pick of Caleb Williams here at first overall to the Chicago Bears. He's going to go to chicago and he's gonna you know be sent off and we'll probably do a justin fields trade at some point in this draft just for fun
1: yeah i mean uh, so basically because it's plotted out right now let's uh let's plot out the justin fields trade so we will take Caleb at 101 um let's look at some potential fits for justin fields to potentially go to here uh i mean the, right off the bat i really think the new england patriots at three make a ton of sense based off some reports we've been hearing so you want to plot one out with the patriots going after justin fields in this scenario
0: I, I let, let's do the draft uh, first, okay. and maybe do it for the team once the like board comes up, because I actually think it's possible that Justin Fields actually stays on the roster until you know, Caleb is actually officially drafted. Like it's possible that like they don't send away Justin Fields to another team because it sounds like in another report that we got from NFL teams and from these reporters is that there is teams interested in moving up for quarterbacks and is teams, um, you know, potentially we're going to push up JJ McCarthy and Bo Nix and all these other type of guys. So I think it's possible that Justin Fields isn't actually dealt until after these teams know if they got a quarterback or not, and he might be their fallback option. So a lot of possibilities, a lot of permutations we could go through with this whole quarterback carousel. There's obviously other quarterbacks available in free agency too, like Kirk Cousins and you know Russell Wilson and Jimmy Garoppolo and Ryan Tannehill and all these guys. So there's going to be a a big time musical chairs that we have to kind of stamp our predictions on right now. But for now, I'm going to just say that I'm going to go under the impression that Caleb Williams is drafted to the bears. Maybe the bears have traded Justin Fields already. Maybe they haven't. I tend to think that they might keep him until they actually make the selection.
1: Yeah. I have no problem with that. Just kind of waiting it out. I feel like that could be a similar case. I think uh, when the Cardinals took Kyler Murray, it was a similar case where they drafted Kyler Murray. People for hours, we're like, oh, what are they going to do with, with Josh Rosen? What are they going to do with Josh Rosen? End up trading him to Miami, I believe, later that day or the next day. So definitely not uh, an unprecedented, uh, unprecedented situation when it comes to Justin Fields in terms of the handling of the previous regime quarterback. So uh, taking Kalo figuring out what you're going to do with Justin Fields after the fact, not a bad plan. But now I'm at number two here. And this is a predictive mock draft. This is not what we would do. We've been hearing some reports from uh, Lance Zierlein, other analysts, that apparently there's some buzz that Drake May may fall a few spots. And the only way I can envision that happening is if Washington knows Caleb is going to uh, 101 and prefer Jaden Daniels to Drake May. So, again, not what I would do. I comfortably have Drake May ahead of Jaden Daniels in my own analysis. But... Let's spice it up. Let's give uh, Jaden Daniels to the old Washington commanders. Cause uh, I mean, th- this is just something they w- they would do to be honest.
0: Yeah. I, I totally think that this is possible. I think as a Cowboys fan, you would hope that they would do oh, this yeah. as well. You don't have to deal with Drake may in your division for the next couple of years. Um, yeah. I, I I wouldn't do this. I, I think this is a huge mistake if they did this, but um, I, I think it's definitely possible that they will do it. So um, I don't disagree with the take that, you know, some of the buzz we're hearing and some of the analysis that's going down. I, I could hundred percent see them doing this. Another piece of analysis that we're hearing is that the Patriots might skip quarterback altogether. And I think this is actually the right move for the new England Patriots because their team is nowhere close to actually competing for a super bowl, actually competing in their division. So what I believe they will do is take the best player in this draft, which is Marvin Harrison, Jr. You have no talent around whoever your future quarterback is. Maybe you sign a bridge quarterback, go back, you know, with Jimmy Garoppolo, because he has familiarity with the franchise or you sign. Um, you know, Ryan Tannehill, or maybe you make a splash for a Kirk Cousins or a Justin Fields later on. But to be honest, I think Marvin Harrison actually makes a lot of sense just in general. They got, they played so many battles against the Indianapolis Colts. They know what Marvin Harrison senior meant to that Colts team. I could see the higher ups, Robert Kraft and all these guys just trumping, being like, we don't, we're not ready for a quarterback. We're going to rebuild this roster, rebuild the offensive line, rebuild the defensive line, the secondary, whatever. We're going to take the best player in this draft.
1: Yeah. The only, uh, criticism I would have here is that if it came at the expense of passing on Drake May, like if Drake May goes number two overall and they passed on Jaden Daniels to make this play, absolutely. Like you said, Marvin Harrison Jr., you can make the case for being the best overall player in this class. We both uh, evaluated him as a generational prospect being very, very high in our, in our grades. So Um, absolutely no problem there with Marvin Harrison. Like you said, a lot of familiarity there with the Patriots going after old Marvin Harrison senior. So I don't mind just uh cooping junior on that squad for the foreseeable future. And whether they trade for a Justin Fields, whether they sign a Kirk Cousins, whatever type of move they end up making, having a solidified number one wide receiver on this team is definitely going to be beneficial. So I'm on the clock here. We mentioned that you got the odds. I got the evens. There is one particular trade that I am very well entertaining right now for a trade up. And it just so happens that it's between two even even-numbered teams. So we talked about this on the pre-show that this would potentially be the plan. But I think the move here, Cardinals, Marvin Harrison off the board, people would be saying, oh, well, this is a panic scenario for the Cardinals, man. They lost their number one wide receiver. What would they do? Well, guess what? They trade down to number eight overall. The Atlanta Falcons are begging for a quarterback play, especially with Zach Robinson there, especially with Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson, a good offensive line. You really need a centerpiece quarterback to take that offense to the next level. And to be honest, if they add Drake May to this team, I could really envision them being a scary playoff team for the foreseeable future. So I will have the Atlanta Falcons trading up. Let's say it costs 8 74 2025 future one to move up to move up four spots, and they end up selecting the chosen one himself, Drake May.
0: Yeah, I mean. I could see Drake may even sliding more than this. Like I could see every NFL team just for whatever reason, preferring Caleb Williams. And then, you know, Jaden Daniels has the experience. He has, you know, obviously the Heisman trophy season this year, Drake may had a a down productive season. I think the NFL sometimes can be way too reactive and not look at the full picture with a guy like Drake, May. I think it's partially why um, other North Carolina quarterback had a great season uh, in his sophomore year in uh, Sam Howell and then slid all the, all the way to the fifth round when he lost all of his talent around him. So, I don't think Drake May's gonna slide too much, but I do think he should be priority number one if I was the the commanders. And you know, like we said, this is not what we would do. This is what we think might happen. And with the Cardinals, you have to figure that Marvin is the number one guy on their board. They want Marvin Harrison, they need a number one receiver. If they view Malik Neighbors and Romo Dunze similarly, Or, you know, even potentially a fourth receiver in this class. Similarly, they might be okay with sliding down to number eight and being like, we'll take whoever falls. We, you know, expect maybe the chargers to not go with a receiver. We think they're going to go different position or something like that. Maybe they have inside information and they're okay moving down. But I also could see the Cardinals being like, nah, we like Malik neighbors or Romo Dunze more than the other option. And we know that the chargers, the giants and the Titans are a threat to take a wide receiver. So we don't want to even risk it. We're just going to take them here.
1: Yeah, th- this this would be a process move. Again, we're a fantasy channel. This would more so be a process move. Let's just say in your rookie draft, you're trading down from the 102 to the 105 and picking up a 2025 first. This would be the type of move that the uh, Cardinals would be making in this instance, knowing that they could, you know, Dallas Turner, worst case scenario, uh, a defensive lineman, worst case scenario, if they miss out on the wide receivers, they'd be in a content spot to move down four spots to eight. And right off the bat, like I mentioned, from a fantasy perspective, if Drake may landed with those weapons on the outside in Atlanta, I think you can make the case for him being the 101 in rookie draft. So would love that. We can move on now to the number five overall selection. Talking about great time quarterbacks. We're talking about Justin Herbert. We're talking about his new head coach there with Jim Harbaugh. Where are you leaning here at the fifth overall pick?
0: Yeah. Again, part of me wants to just be like, Oh, Malik neighbors, great landing spot for Malik neighbors. This is exactly what I would do, but this is not what I would do. This is what the chargers would do. And I I believe that the NFL and the chargers especially prefer Romo Dunze. So I'm going to take Romo Dunze to the Los Angeles chargers. I think Brock Bowers also would be in consideration as well. Um, given his talent level, but he is a tight end. And I I haven't really heard a whole lot of steam on Brock Bowers, like what the NFL thinks of him right now. But I do think Romo Dunze, I have heard a lot of steam on. I think the NFL thinks he's a top three to five player in this draft. And I do believe most teams will prefer him to Malik Neighbors, even though I do not personally, even though I love Romo Dunze, I think he's a great prospect and he should absolutely be worthy of this selection. I think Malik Neighbors is a little bit better, but regardless, I think the Chargers, they see their long-term Keenan Allen replacement here. It's, it's Romo Dunze plus athleticism on Keenan Allen's uh, play style.
1: Yeah, no, I, I don't mind that at all. Uh, with Romo Dunze at that spot, underrated factor, obviously Jim Harbaugh doing a lot of extensive extensive prep on Romo Dunze when they were preparing to play them in the Natty. So he's going to know this guy's game in and out, uh, watching him for you know two weeks leading up to that game. So if he fell in love, if he really loved what Romo Dunze showed on display, then I can absolutely see this be the spot. Spot where I thought you were going to go actually would be Brock Bowers, knowing that Jim Harbaugh history with the tight end position grittier type of offense he wants to instill on the on the chargers that would have been the potential direction but i do like the roma dunes fit being the long-term keenan allen replacement there uh when it comes to the la chargers so now we're on the clock at pick number six you guys got mad last time when i took an offensive lineman so i will not do that this time because i do think the best player available Would also be my best player available here with Malik Neighbors. Seamless fit. They need a number one wide receiver, Malik Neighbors. He's not Marvin Harrison Jr., but goddamn, is he a special talent? I think he's legitimately got the top five overall wide receiver in the NFL type of ceiling. And if you're New York, you need to surround either Daniel Jones or your potential next quarterback with that legit number one weapon that Malik Neighbors represents.
0: Yeah, I mean, going after a six foot, 190 pound, something uh, receiver from LSU has worked for you in the past. So I would say uh, Malik Neighbors is a great fit. And I actually, I really like this. I think a lot of people would really, you know, downgrade Malik Neighbors from like a, a fantasy perspective. Again, we're, you know, Dynasty Channel or whatever. Yeah. I think Malik Neighbors would be a ton of fun for the Giants. They. Agreed don't have anybody that can do everything on that offense. They have deep threats. They have slot receivers. They have whatever. Like, they don't have a guy that can do everything, and Malik Neighbors can absolutely do everything. Picture dropping DJ Moore into that offense, dropping Stephon Diggs Brandon or Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk yeah. into that offense. So um, Tennessee, I think they got, they, they got screwed here. This is not ideal for them. So what I am considering, I don't know if I'm going to do it, but what I'm considering, we're hearing a lot of talk about J.J. McCarthy, man. We're hearing a lot of talk that people are really high Straight on up? him. You're the Michigan fan, so I will save you from some bias here and thinking everybody's just going to you know, assume that you're going to be the one to do this. The Minnesota Vikings are going to trade up for J.J. McCarthy with the Tennessee Titans because I believe the Titans would be very inclined to move down the board here. All of the offensive tackles are available. The Jets realistically are the only threat to take one of them, and I think if they have them graded similarly, they'd be okay with moving down here. So we're going to come up. With the Minnesota Vikings, it is a quarterback. The forty-two is not going to be enough. They're going to need their round one in twenty wow. twenty-five, um, because that's just how that's how the quarterback tax works. I'm sorry, Tennessee Titans fans, you're going to hate me for this, or um, Minnesota Vikings fans, sorry, you're going to hate me for this one. But this is again, I, I think that the NFL is very, very high on JJ McCarthy.
1: Yeah.
0: Again, what does the NFL care about? They care about young upside. They care about winners. They care about toughness. They care about you know big programs like pro style offense. Yeah. It doesn't get much better than JJ McCarthy when it comes to what the NFL cares about. I have concerns about JJ McCarthy. I don't think he's particularly good under pressure. I think he needs development in decision-making especially, but he does have some upside. He is, you know, I've heard people say he's Zach Wilson without the bonehead mistakes, but I will say in defense of Zach Wilson, as a prospect, he was also a much, he's much more talented, I believe, than JJ McCarthy, even though I think McCarthy is talented. And, um, they have the same bugaboo. They have the same problem. They're both bad under pressure. So I worry about that with JJ McCarthy, but I believe that the Vikings and other teams too. I think the reason that the Vikings would have to trade up here is because I think the Broncos Raiders. would be calling the Titans. The Raiders would be calling the Titans. The Seahawks might be calling the Titans. There's other teams that are going to be interested in moving up for a quarterback. Apparently they're not very high on next year's class, even though I think Shadur Sanders and Quinn Ewers and uh, Carson Beck and uh, Drew Aller and some of these other guys All might gone. have some upside. I believe that the NFL and Daniel Jeremiah has said, this is not high on next year's class. So the time to get a quarterback would be now the Vikings are going to, I guess, let Kirk cousins walk or whatever in this situation. So we're going to give them JJ McCarthy to the Minnesota Vikings. And it is a very good fit um, stylistically schematically.
1: Yeah, and you, you mentioned the tools. I'm a little bit higher on the tools there. I do think he's really comparable as a prospect to Zach Wilson. Obviously, Zach Wilson putting up the bigger numbers, J.J. McCarthy playing the bigger competition. So they all obviously both had their bugaboos respectively. But with J.J. McCarthy, youngest quarterback in the class, natural athlete, big-time arm, can work out a structure like those are the type of things that I can see the Minnesota Vikings, the NFL really prioritizing in this situation. And like you said, working with O'Connell, working with those weapons on the outside, Vikings fans may hate us for having them, uh, having them make this move. But if JJ McCarthy becomes a franchise quarterback, I don't really think you're going to be caring about that 2025 one. So they ca- they take JJ McCarthy here at the seventh overall pick. Now we're on the clock here with the Cardinals. And honestly, when you went up with the Titans, I thought you were going to run up and take Joe Alt. So so if you're a Titans fan, comment down below. Would you have stuck and picked there? Or do you like the move moving down to 11, getting a 2025 first? Like I said, with the Cardinals, the more process type of move here. I really like what you were able to do with that trade. So... We move on to the Cardinals, like I said. Uh, we're in a tough spot here. You could be looking at a number of different directions. You go with and Jr. there uh, last year as a developmental tackle, which kind of gets me off a guy like Olu Fashanu playing that type of role. It's tricky, man. You got Trey McBride, so you're not taking with Brock Bowers. Uh, Joe Alt, I kind of just mentioned with Fashanu, You don't really need a tackle there. I think this is where cornerback one in the class comes off the board, and I'm looking at a guy like Nate Wiggins. Uh, really impressed what he was able to do. Washed him uh, throughout number of wide receivers in this class. Their games against Clemson and it really stood out how good Nate Wiggins was playing those games, really putting the clamps down. I really noticed Nate Wiggins being that physical outside cornerback. So again, I'm not going to act like I, I've done extensive tape study on Nate Wiggins, but I know that when I watched other wide receivers, they struggled to get separation for him. So I will take them here as the cornerback one off the board at eighth overall.
0: Yeah, I think I personally would have gone Terry and Arnold if I was going with yeah, a corner. Sure. Uh, again, I mean, how many receivers have we watched against Alabama this year? And yeah. uh, Terry and Arnold put the clamps on a couple of them uh, as well. So I really like what yep. he was able to do. Um, But yeah, I think that makes sense. I think getting a corner, they need help on their defense in general. It sucks that you can't walk away with this draft with Marvin Harrison Jr. Like every Cardinals fan probably wants to. But if the Patriots take Marvin, which is definitely a possibility, then this is something that you might have to think about. A trade down yeah. scenario, take cornerback one. That makes a lot of sense, I think, for Cardinals fans.
1: Agreed. Yeah, and I mean, and you're in the spot right uh, where you can argue maybe they take an edge rusher, corner, obviously big time priority. I believe Marco Wilson is still starting for them, which was a day three pick just a couple years ago. So, uh, if you're a Cardinals fan, comment down below what direction you would have gone because I do think you can go uh, even if you want another offensive lineman, and even if you want another defensive lineman, you could have gone a number of directions.
0: Yeah, it's this is a this is one that's really tough for me. This ninth overall pick because I think the the Bears fans are hoping that you can grab your quarterback at number one overall and still get a wide receiver at ninth overall. But I I really don't think it's going to happen. Like every pick in front of them has a real possibility of taking wide receiver with the Cardinals with, I mean, had the Titans stayed there, they would have possibly taken a wide receiver, the giants, the, the, um, chargers, all those teams, the Patriots all in danger of taking some of those wide receivers off the board. So with the Chicago bears, I'm looking at like what exactly the direction is here. I think their offensive tackles are probably pretty set. Like, I'm not sure that they would actually take a guy like Joe Alt. I think they would probably dangle this pick to somebody um, to come up and get ahead of the jets who I think absolutely want a offensive tackle. or I have maybe a team even Brock Bowers to come off the board here. So
1: I have a team that think... might be willing. What's up, sir. I have a team that might be willing.
0: Okay. Who do you think?
1: Well, I think uh, this would be super sharp move from, from this GM, but like I mentioned earlier, I wouldn't have been shocked if the Titans stuck in pick at seven and took an offensive lineman. If they were able to maneuver the board, move from seven to 11, pick up a first, and then only have to trade maybe a second to jump the Jets and get their preferred tackle, I can see that being the case.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Let's give that, them, let's get the Titan. They trade down. Obviously, they pick up a 20-25 first, so they're going to pocket some picks no matter what here. Um, they're going to have to give up, let's say... Uh, number, two, yeah, give them a round two in 2025 and their fourth round or something like that. That seems pretty fair. Like yeah. I don't think it would cost them too much to move down two spots. Cause I think the bears again would be pretty motivated to move down here. Um, the real question is, is there other teams like, are the saints trying to come up or the Colts trying to come up or whatever, try and get ahead of the jets. The jets might be on the, uh, like the bears might be telling the jets, like, Hey, we got teams trying to hop you. Do you want to swap one pick for one pick? And we go down to 10 and you come up and get your preferred tackle in this situation. I think both tackles are on the board. The jets might be like, "Eh, you know what? We're not going to trade up.
1: We'll just take whoever falls. Yeah, no, I agree. So uh, we'll, we'll plot that out. Tines go up, take Joe Walt, um, I mean, we we obviously have Brian Callahan coming in there as the new uh, head coach of that team. T Higgins potentially rumored there in free agency. Let's just say they sign T Higgins. You draft your franchise tackle here with Joe Alt. You really give Will Levis the best chance to succeed at the next level because everybody's jobs is on the line for Will Levis right now.
0: Yeah, literally. Yeah. Will Levis is your number one priority, whether that's getting him receiver talent, which like you said, they could do in free agency or getting him offensive line talent because outside of Peter Skaronsky, dude, like their offensive line might be the worst in the league. Like it is really, really bad. There's not a lot of talent there. So they are definitely... You know, priority number one for them, even though they took an offensive lineman in the first round last year, is fixing their offensive line by any means necessary. And I think free agency will tell a lot with what direction they're thinking they're going to go in the draft because they could also go out and sign a big offensive lineman in free agency. Um, the Jets are on the board here. I think they would have a pretty the tough decision tackle. between Brock Bowers and the tackle. Which uh, direction are you going to go?
1: Yeah, I think I'm just going to take the other tack here. Obviously, Brock Bowers is alluring, but I also really think that Olufushanu has a ton of potential. Uh, I know Jets fans have argued this back and forth. Like if Brock Bowers is there at 10, do we take him? Uh, I just don't foresee them doing that over such a priority position at tackle and such a talent like Olufushanu being able to get here. So we saw what happened to Aaron Rodgers in the first game of last season. Obviously very unfortunate with what happened, but the cause of that was because of the lack of offensive line play. Plug and play left tackle here, Olufashonu. I don't think you think back.
0: Yeah, that's that's not a bad pick at all. I um I think Brock Bowers has a chance to slide down the board um for the NFL because he's not gonna win any beauty pageants. Let's just get that straight right now. Like when when we talk about, you know, guys that can rise in the draft process, Brock Bowers' best asset is when he's on the field playing football games. So yes. When he's doing, like, I mean, he's a good athlete. He's going to test well at the Combine, but he looks like Hunter Renfro, for fuck's sakes. Like, he's not going to he's not gonna win any beauty pageants from that perspective. So I could see him, as the offseason goes along, he might weigh in at 238 pounds or something like that. Teams are going to start to have question marks about him, and he might slide down the board. So that's kind of a predictive thing that we're doing a little bit here with Brock Bowers is, like, could he go as high as fifth overall to the Chargers? Absolutely. Yep. But is it more possible, I think, that he slides to the late, um, you know, top 10 or, or early uh, teens or whatever. I think that's definitely possible as well. So I'm actually going to go with edge one in this class. Um, a guy, again, we watched so much Alabama tape, so I'm going to roll with uh Dallas Turner here. I believe he's I the it. best edge rusher in this class, at least that I have watched so far. It doesn't sound like the senior bowl guys, like overly blew people away. So I think one that, did. yeah, I mean, th- there was, there was high performers there for sure. But I think Dallas turned to, when I was watching him, he was making oh, Brock yeah. Bowers, for, for what it's worth, he blocked everybody at a high level. But when he m- matched up with Dallas Turner, dude, he got wiped. He got wiped yeah. by Dallas Turner. And I think that's that speaks a lot more to Dallas Turner's ability than it does to Brock Bauer's ability as a blocker.
1: No, I completely agree. And uh, the other guy I, w- I was referencing there when I said one did well was Liatu Latu, who I know has been getting a lot of buzz. I really do think that the NFL is going to view those two guys as the top two edge rushers. But tiebreaker obviously being Dallas Turner... Younger player, Tulatu having those medical concerns behind the table. So yeah, we don't know the severity of them. So for the for the sake of this, we'll just say that they take the cleaner projection with Dallas Turner. I think that'd be a really good fit pairing him next to Montez Sweat for the future if you're a if you're a Chicago Bears fan. So you can always tack, you know, a number two wide receiver for the long term in the second round, giving how deep this class is. But you mentioned the trade-up for the Minnesota Vikings to go to seven and take their guy, JJ McCarthy. I got a guy that's going to fit perfectly with Sean Payton over there in Denver. And we've already heard the rumors that they're going to be moving on from Russell Wilson. You need a long-term figure to run that Sean Payton offense. I don't think there's a better quarterback in this class to do that than Bo Nix. I really watched him. I watched him. And to me, when I was watching him, I really noticed that if he hits his upper percentile, we're looking at like a Dak Prescott level player can make plays out of structure. Maybe doesn't have a Patrick Mahomes, Josh level, uh, Josh Allen level arm, but definitely an adequate level arm to be in that top uh, echelon of quarterback. And what I really noticed with him is that despite not having to do much in terms of post-snap processing, what I really notice is that his pre-snap processing may be arguably the best in the class, like getting them into the right place, knowing where he's got to go with the ball, diagnosing that before the snap and getting rid of the ball is one of his best traits. And I noticed that with Dak Prescott with the Cowboys all the time, getting them into the right play, making the right read, getting the ball out of his hands. And with Sean Payton, he's the type of guy that really values timing. He really values the integral, the cerebral part of being a quarterback. And I think Bo Nix really represents that for him. Experienced quarterback, showed major improvement throughout college. And I really think Sean Payton's going to love that.
0: Yeah. And I mean, Sean Payton's dealt with his share of uh, bonehead quarterbacks at the end of his uh, Saints run, where he had like Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill playing quarterback for him before he like retired or whatever. So I definitely could see him going after a guy, you need somebody right away. If you don't sign a big free agent, a guy like Bo Nix is appealing because he played, you know, five or six years in college. He's a guy that's an older prospect. He's more mature. I'm sure he's going to be good on the whiteboard and during interviews and that yes. kind of thing. So I really do think that the the Broncos are the team for Bo Nix. I think if, if he goes in the first round, I believe it will be the Broncos that take him, but I could be wrong in this situation with the Raiders. I'm actually going to assume, I mean, we haven't, so, like the Vikings traded up for a quarterback and yeah. the Broncos just took Bo Nick. So let's assume Kirk cousins went to the bike Vi- or to the Raiders in this scenario. Cause you know, Kirk Cousins got to go somewhere. Right. And yeah. if he doesn't stay with the Vikings, doesn't go with the Broncos, doesn't go with other, other teams that, you know, have a franchise quarterback need or whatever, maybe went to the Patriots cause they took Marvin. Harrison That's what I was overall. thinking overall, but I'm going to actually go in a direction here with the Raiders that I look at their team other than quarterback and like some of the other like defensive needs that they have. I think their roster is just like objectively mid across the board. I I don't really see a whole lot going on in terms of what I think they could, you know, find a screaming value on the board right now. So I'm going to do like a Raiders thing here and kind of go off the board a little bit. I'm not as high on Jerson Newton as uh, a PFF is. I think he's, you know, probably relatively a decent prospect, but like they have him like way ahead of all the other interior defensive line guys. I'm just gonna go with Jerson Newton here. He makes a oh. lot of sense. They need a um, they need some talent up front other than Max Crosby. So let's give him Jerson Newton again. The rate. If you're a Raiders fan, let me know in the comments like what you think they would do if they don't go quarterback in round one. Because honestly, like I I, I don't. I don't follow a whole lot of Raider stuff, and I think this just kind of makes sense stylistically, but they might have their their guys in the draft that all the beat reporters are talking about that I don't know about yet. So um, Jason Newton is the guy that I'm going to give them here, and then I'll uh, let you be on the board here with the Saints.
1: Well, the only thing I was going to say, the, the other direction I could have seen was potentially going with like a Tyrion Arnold, maybe a cornerback too in this class. That's the other way, but I also don't think getting a a nice interior defensive lineman to pair next to Mac Crosby could definitely work out for them. I thought you were going to say Byron Murphy, to be honest, because he's your Texas boy. I thought you were going to say I'm going down the board a little bit on this one, but uh, regardless, whether it was Byron Murphy or Drazon Newton, I really like the fit there for uh, the Raiders. Now we are back on the clock here with the Saints quarterback tackle and defensive line listed as their biggest needs. You could go with a guy like Brock Bowers here. I think that would make a ton of sense, but I also think that teams are going to fall in love with Taliesse Luaga, a uh, big-time plug-and-play tackle prospect. We already saw two tackles go off the board that... Come second round, I feel like a team can convince themselves that they can take JT Sanders and he can start at tight end for them. Don't necessarily see that being the case in this tackle class. I feel like a lot of them are going to be dried up by the top 35, by the top 40, because I th- I can see li- realistically, given how good of a class it is and given how much offensive line need there is in the NFL, 10 tackles going off the board by the 40th pick. So I will take tackle here. I think it's a smart choice getting ahead of the run for the Saints.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. This is the part of the draft where like the defensive and like other prospects, again, we're yeah. a fantasy channel. I'm not totally well-versed on these guys outside of the fantasy players. So um, we'll probably, you know, breeze through those a little bit more. So again, if you guys are well-versed on the defensive class and we make a, you know, a pick for your team and you don't like it, um, just definitely let us know. But um, yeah. you know, defensive stuff is not our focus. I am going to run to the podium with the Indianapolis. I know because Brock Bowers yeah. is a perfect fit for their offense Um, Shane Steichen using a guy like Dallas Goddard in a variety of ways with Philadelphia. I mean, you got a guy that is a true chess piece in the passing game. If you re-sign Michael Pittman Jr., you have Josh Downs there. Alec Pierce is a wind sprints king. He just runs down the field at full speed all the time. Brock Bowers is the second target that your offense needs. But I also think, It doesn't make sense for you guys to just take a wide receiver because I think all of your three wide receivers actually accomplish their own individual goals. So with Brock Bowers, you have like nobody starting a tight end. People are going to talk about Jelani Woods or like Mo Alley Cox or whatever. Those guys are not... 85 90 percent of the snap type of players they work in as role players when you're in two and three tight end sets so you can still use those guys they still have their uses but i think brock bowers is the guy that is going to anchor your tight end position help your run game out as well even though he's undersized i believe he's going to be a, a plus blocker in the nfl for jonathan taylor for anthony richardson who obviously are probably going to be the backbone of your offense so give me brock bowers If you guys are running a lot of play action, this is a dude that can leak out on those routes. He can get downfield. He can do everything for you, and he is the perfect fit for your offense. And I know Brock, uh, our resident Colts fan, is probably screaming in the comments right now, (laughs) loving this pick.
1: Oh, yeah. He's absolutely in the comments saying, like, let's go, all caps. Really excited about the fit. And yeah, like you mentioned, he also brings a tough mentality, which we've seen with Steichen that he implemented when he came over with the Colts. They want to be a tough football team. Get that Georgia Bulldog added in. I mean, this is a guy that doesn't take plays off. We've seen Brock Bowers be able to do it a number of ways. Complete tight end. I mean, you're looking at potentially if he lives up to his upside as a George Kittle 2.0. And I really trust Shane Steichen to get the best out of him in this offense, like you mentioned. So love that pick. I think the Seahawks are going to go off the board here. And this is my reasoning. You got Mike McDonald now as your new head coach. Where does he come from? He comes from the Ravens. What did the Ravens do a couple years ago? Took a pro-ready, starting-caliber offensive lineman just at a glamorous position. They took a center. They took Tyler Linderbaum in that draft a couple years ago. Very similar prospect this year. We're hearing a lot of reports that Jackson Powers Johnson is the clear number one center in this draft. Tough, tough. Coming from Oregon, Dan Landing mentality really built into him, and he dominated at the Senior Bowl. So I really think the Seahawks here in the mid first round take the first center off the board and go with Jackson Powers Johnson, a guy that started off in the second round of the PFF Big Board, has worked his way all the way up to number twenty-two. So this would feel like a Seahawks pick, you know, dominating the trenches.
0: Absolutely, yeah. If he, if I was picking for the Seahawks, I would have gone in the same direction. I do think he's going to go this high now after what he did at the Senior Bowl as well. So. Um, definitely love the pick there. Um, it's wild to me that the Jags have Edge as listed one of their biggest needs when they took a guy at first overall a couple of years ago. They took That's another awesome. guy and Chase on in the first round, and they have Josh Allen already who played in an All Pro level this year. So it's wild that Edge is that big of a need on their board right now. Um this to me kind of seems like a best player available situation. And I think Tyrion Arnold is just simply too good to be on the board right now. I I know that, you know, the Jags might go after a wide receiver at this pick. I could see them going with Brian Thomas or Adanay Mitchell or, you know, whatever wide receiver you like at this spot. I just think, you know, Calvin Ridley to me, Is good enough as a a number one X outside wide receiver for you. Christian Kirk, hopefully back healthy. Maybe, I mean, there's rounds two and three of the draft. There's free agency. You could always address the wide receiver need later on with a very deep class as well. So for me, I think Tyrion Arnold represents something that you don't have, which is a lockdown number one corner. And your defense was pretty good at the beginning of the year last year, and it kind of tapered off a little bit. And I think a lot of that was due to your secondary, not your pass rush. Your pass rush was pretty strong all year. Run defense was pretty strong all year, but you need somebody to lock down the Michael Pittman's of your division, the Nico Collins of your division, you know, Tennessee will probably address the wide receiver position in free agency potentially, like we said with a guy like T Higgins. So, Tyrion Arnold, a guy that I think, um, when I stood out, he stood out with all these wide receivers. When I was watching them against Alabama, he played very, very well against pretty much everybody except for Adanay Mitchell, but Mitchell actually did most of his damage against the safeties and against McKinstry. So I do think that Tyrion Arnold is a guy that I'm, I'm very, very confident in, especially watch the game against LSU and how well he handled Malik neighbors and Brian Thomas. You'll be very impressed.
1: Yeah, no, I agree there with Terry and Arnold, and I really do think if you take Terry and Arnold here at 17, you pair him with Tyson Campbell, you're instantly looking at one of the best one-two punches at corner in the NFL. It's really just the best player available at a very uh, valuable position at this current point. Taking a great player. He's playing a valuable position. You give you a potential future leverage where if Tyson Campbell starts asking for the bag, now you have Terran Arnold to potentially replace him. So really love the fit there for Terran Arnold. Like I said, can pose one of the best one-two punches at corner. Uh, One last thing on that real quick is um, look at the team that just won the Super Bowl. They had two all pro caliber corners.
0: Yeah, they have Patrick Mahomes, but Trent McDuffie and and Jerry Snead are probably the reason they stayed in that game.
1: Yes, I know. Absolutely. And I mean, their work on Debo uh, throughout the game, I mean, they really got into his head. We noticed that throughout uh, that Super Bowl game, especially in the second half comeback. So love that comparison. Bengals on the clock here and you could potentially make the case for a tackle going here, but I really love this fit and I'm going to do it. I'm going to be taking wide receiver Brian Thomas Jr. of LSU. Kind of mentioned he had a down game against Alabama. A lot of wide receivers, like we said, had a down game against Alabama. If you're worried about that game, just put on the Florida tape because he was absolutely dominant throughout that game. Brian Thomas, potential uh, T. Higgins replacement. This is the theory here that T. Higgins signs with the Titans, reunites with Brian Callahan well, guess what? You just get a player that could potentially be the T Higgins 2.0 in your offense. You had him comp to Nico Collins. I think that is a very good comp for him as well. I think what we see with Brian Thomas is that natural, big, athletic wide receiver that can win at all three levels. And I really think that Cincinnati Bengals, you know how much of a priority your offense is? Make sure it is intact going forward.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense to me as well. I think um, Brian Thomas is just that long, lean, athletic guy that can help stretch the field as we've kind of talked about on numerous occasions with um with Thomas there. So I'm on the board with the Rams and um the Rams are weird, right? Because a, they, when was the last time they actually picked in the first round? It was like 2016. So I, we never talk about them during the NFL draft season because all the first round mocks don't have the Rams in them. They've also done such a good job of finding talent on day three and then day two of the draft that you know, a lot of their needs, O-line, D-line, secondary, they've actually hit on a lot of their late round picks so far. So, for me, I'm just going to roll with a guy that I think is a really good prospect who I think plays a premium position. And I'm going to roll with JC Latham. I think you just find a place for him on your offensive line, whether that's at right tackle, whether that's at guard or whatever, maybe he can switch uh, switch over to the left side. I think just adding bodies to your offensive line, you never pick in the first round. You never get these premium positions uh, in the first round, like tackle, like corner, like whatever. There's a possibility you could go with a Cooper DeJean there. You could go with a Quinion Mitchell who's on the rise after the uh, after the senior bowl as well. So I like that fit. I think they just, they throw a pick at a premium position because they never get to do it.
1: Yeah, no, I I don't mind that at all. Getting a stud potential tackle added to that team, Matthew Stafford aging. uh, You want to make sure his last years are fully protected. So I don't mind that at all. Uh, I'm on the clock here with the Steelers at number 20, and I could go with a different number of directions, but I want to pose a question to you and it involves your favorite team specifically. If it came to this with the Bucks picking at 26 overall, looking at number 20, do you think that they would be interested in a move up to potentially get a guy like Liatu latu To be
0: honest, I'm down for a move up, but not for Liatu latu
1: Really? Yeah. Okay. Fair. Uh. So you. So you would want to move up, or would you? Yeah. Say let's, do okay. let's do let's it. Let's do it.
0: Let's do it. I think okay. the Buck. There's. There's a player on the box board that I know Todd Bowles would absolutely love to have. So um. Let's uh. Let's do it. Twenty six, give up our. You know. Yeah, something like that. That makes sense. Let's give him the round two next year in 126. That seems like it would be pretty fair. Sounds good. So we'll do that. And who is Todd Bowles uh, got his eye on? There's a chess piece defensive back on the board, and I know Todd Bowles can't can't resist himself. A chess piece defensive back, Cooper DeGene. I mean, we've gone to Iowa before. We took Tristan Wirfs from Iowa. We took Anthony Nelson from Iowa. I know he's comfortable going to this school, or Jason Light is, uh, I should say, comfortable going to this school. Antoine Winfield Jr is the best safety in the league. In my opinion, he's the best free safety in the league. He plays all over the field. And I actually think his best position is to be a free safety most of the time, yeah. but uh, you know, also rush the passer on blitzes and that kind of thing. Carlton Davis Uh, Jamel Dean, they had up and down seasons this year. You found some, you know, diamonds in the rough with Zion McCollum on uh, day three or in the late round three, whenever they took him uh, in 2022. He actually developed really nicely this year. You picked up Christian Isian basically as like an undrafted free agent last year. The secondary is a good, it's a good unit, but we don't have a strong safety right now. Like Ryan Neal was playing strong safety. So Cooper DeGene, he can play all over the field. He can play outside corner. He can play, you know, slot corner. He can play at safety if you need him to. You just find a spot for him. And, and there's nobody in the NFL, to be honest, that I trust more to develop a defensive back than Todd Bowles. And I know that's biased because I'm a Buccaneers fan, but look at his track record. Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, Antoine Winfield, um, Jordan Whitehead, Mike Edwards played very well in the Super Bowl last night for the the Kansas City Chiefs. He takes these Second, third, fourth rounders and develops them into stud outside corners and safeties. And he can take he they never spend picks in the first round on on the secondary because they never have to, because Todd Bowles is so good at developing these guys. So I think he can take a versatile chess piece like Cooper DeJean turn him whatever he wants, he turn him into whatever he wants.
1: Yeah. No, I dig that play. So uh technically I'm all uh I, I am even. So you're you are back on the clock here with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, where are you leaning? Where are you leaning? Because we are seeing some edges fall. We've seen, you know, potential corners fall. They could go with an offensive lineman. Uh, Number direction with the Miami Dolphins.
0: Yeah, this is brutal because, I mean, you, you the obvious connection here is you go with another UCLA edge rusher who has injury concerns. But, I mean, knowing that you have – chubb and phillips coming off of major injuries like y- you probably want to go with the guy that's the healthier of the two so let's give him jared verse here um from florida state if they have them rated similarly it's possible that we see law two slide a little bit given the injury concerns that some teams are having and especially for the dolphins knowing that you kind of need somebody on the field right away um to play edge rusher for you and uh, work into the rotation. And it gives you the flexibility to maybe not pay Phillips once he's up for his contract or maybe cut eight with Bradley Chubb after a year or two of first develops. So, I mean, teams are always going to want to throw bullets at the edge rusher position. And these guys sliding is honestly probably a little unrealistic um, because yeah. they, they always go high in the draft. But uh, for whatever reason, that's kind of how this ended up happening.
1: Yeah. I don't mind that at all. Uh, with Jared Verse going there to the Miami dolphins. We're on the clock here. Uh, my most hated team or at least second most hated team. Don't worry. If you're an Eagles fan, I'm not going to screw you over. Uh, there's a, pl- a ton of really good talent at the top of the board there, namely Law 2, Mitchell, and McKinstry. That if you're an Eagles fan and you get mocked one of these guys, I think you're going to be pretty uh, feeling pretty good. So, uh, layout to Law 2, best pass rusher uh, potentially in the class. Injury Concerns has him down here at 22. Quinion Mitchell, big-time performance at the Senior Bowl. Big, athletic, small-school uh, cornerback. And then with Kool-Aid McKintree, like you said, uh, the Alabama secondary was dominating against a lot of the best wide receiver courts in college football. So those are the main three guys. I'm really stuck between which one I want to mock here. I feel like if I mock them a corner, like we're going to see on draft day how he just takes the slide at edge. And, I mean, everybody's going to talk about how obvious it was. So... I oh, don't know. I'm gonna go Quinion Mitchell, but if they went with an edge rusher, I would not be shocked.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'm actually just gonna move us real quick, yeah. just so we're not blocking the board, um, so everybody can see it because we're getting down a little bit further now, and people probably wondering who's available and that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, makes a lot of sense. Quinion Mitchell It sounds like he's gonna test well. It's, he, he had yeah. a great week at the Senior Bowl. Everybody's excited about him, so I wouldn't be shocked if he even goes higher than this. To be honest,
1: I agree. I, I mean, like the corners kind of falling now. I'm I'm realizing how many top end corners are in this class because. We're on cornerback four, cornerback five. And you can make the case that Kool-Aid would be a top three cornerback in a lot of other years. That just shows you how depth, how much depth there is in this class.
0: Yeah. And uh, speaking of depth at a position in this class, I, I don't think that the Texans biggest need is wide receiver at all, but I will say the best position group on the board probably right now is wide receivers. So what I think I would do if I was the, um, the Houston Texans, you got a pow- like a shifty slot receiver in tank Dell who can also stretch the field vertically. You have your vertical outside deep threat guy in, um, in Nico Collins. My question would be, if you want to go to the wide receiver board real quick, do you want to get like a power player, a guy that's like physical and can dominate AD in the Mitchell short Keon area Coleman. of the field? Cause then a guy like Keon Coleman would make some sense. Do you want to get a guy that's maybe an eventual long-term replacement for Nico Collins? Cause you don't want to pay him once he's up in free agency at a Mitchell would make sense. Um, lad McConkey kind of could play a, the similar role to tank Dell. So I don't Troy think he's really a great flit, uh, fit there. I think Troy Franklin makes a lot of sense as well. I'm going to go with Adonai Mitchell because I think he has the, opp- uh, the opportunity and the versatility to be a power player for you early on and maybe eventually develop into what Nico Collins has become already. So you don't have to pay him in free agency. So uh, I really like uh, the fit there with Adonai Mitchell. I think this is kind of just a simple as saying the Texans are actually a really relatively well-rounded roster, as surprising as that sounds for a team that was picking second in the draft last year. I don't think there's really one need that they have to go after. They could take, you know, Law 2 to go along with Will Anderson. That would make some sense there. They could take McKinstry because they could use a corner opposite Derek Stingley, but their defense played pretty well. And D'Amico Ryan's elevated the play of pretty much everybody across the board. So I trust their ability actually more so on defense to get the best out of their talent than I do even on offense, even though they have CJ Stroud. Just give Stroud everything he needs. There's no reason to not do that.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. The more Robert Wood snaps we see on the field, the worse that the Texans offense is going to be. So getting another wide receiver option where if Tank Dell misses time, Nico Collins misses time or flat out, you want to get all three, of the, all three of these guys on the field at the same time. Very, very sharp move. But I'm on the clock here with the Cowboys and I think there's a really interesting situation and I want to trade down. There's a team that I'm looking at that you are controlling that I think would be very interested in potentially moving up for the last at a position. Now I am targeting number 29 overall Detroit lions, potentially wanting to move up for a guy like Kool-Aid McKintree.
0: Um, yeah, let's, do, ah, no, you know what? Let's, let's really? hold, let's hold. I'm going to hold, I want to see sure. what else we can get for Detroit because I actually, I agree. I think a lot of their biggest needs are in the defensive interior as well as, um, in the, uh, the interior offensive line as well. So I think secondary is something that they can address later in the draft or in free agency. So I'm not, and I'm also, I I think Arnold is much better than McKinstry. When I watch Alabama games, I I, McKinstry, I thought would be the better corner, but I actually saw him get beat a lot more
1: fair. And there's a Uh, lot of
0: good corners in this class too. There's no guarantee that you need to even take McKinstry this high
1: fair. Uh, I mean, with that being said, I'm just going to look at number 30 overall with the Baltimore Ravens. Losing Mike McDonald, very familiar going to the school with Alabama. don't think it would cost a lot. I think it'd be a one and a three, but I'll I'll just do it with the Ravens then. So uh, 30th overall, let's just say it costs 30 and 93 to get 24. Back end of the first rounder, back end of the third rounder to move up six spots. And in my opinion, as much as I like the cornerback position, I really do think that Kool-Aid stands out. So I will be selecting him there. Yeah,
0: that makes some sense. Um, I think that the Ravens have obviously shown propensity to go to Alabama, and they've oh, yeah. also shown propensity to invest in the secondary in the first round as well. So makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I'm going to roll with the Packers here. This one's going to be pretty brief. David Bakhtieri, I mean, you can't rely on the guy anymore. Uh, Amarius Mims is getting a lot of as uh, like an upside swing at tackle. And I think um, I actually trust Matt LaFleur quite a bit to be, be able to develop young players just based on what I've seen from the Packers in the past year. Uh, being able to develop all those young wide receivers. And of course, Jordan loves. So Amarius Mims uh, actually stands out to me as a guy that makes a lot of sense here. Um, going back again, when you, when you think of what the NFL likes, they like big school prospects. Man, yeah. no no NFL GM wants to stake their you know nuts on the chopping block for a guy that went to you know Western Kentucky or Toledo or whatever. No offense to you know Corley and Quinion Mitchell, they're good prospects. It's just you feel better about going up against a guy that has seen good pass rushers in college football with Amarius Mims playing at Georgia.
1: Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that's a good pick for where they would want to go. So um we have the Steelers back on the clock here. Uh, center, DB, and linebacker listed at their, uh, their biggest needs. So it makes more sense now. You know, the Ravens want to move up ahead of the Steelers, snipe their division rival. How many times have we seen them do that? So um now we go back. We could look at a corner here. Could look at maybe the first safety off the board. I know a guy like Tyler Newbin has been getting a ton of hype. So could go that direction. I think I'm going to go with uh, Ennis here. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Rakestraw, Rakestraw, whatever. If you're a Missouri fan, please comment down below because I want to make sure I get his name right. But they need a DB. Get him here at number 26, pairing with Joey Porter Jr. for the long term. Very sound Steelers pick.
0: Yeah, for sure. makes a lot of sense. Where? Did, wh- how did we get the Cardinals down here? What happened with the Texans pick. Remember.
1: They traded down.
0: Right, right. Oh, okay, right. so no. the Texans
1: trade... This is it no? the Texans original picks. Oh, right, fault. right,
0: right. Yeah. So last year's draft, they got yes. the Texans original pick. It's just weird that the Texans pick ended Will up Anderson pretty, deal. Yeah. Being 27 is crazy that, that this is the pick that they actually got in the Will Anderson trade. I, I would be pretty excited if I was a Cardinals fan to still have law two on the board. So I yes. think uh La has got to be your pick here, right? They go, what was a cornerback one with their first pick? And then they grab um, a number one edge rusher here with their 27th pick. So, I mean, even though they didn't get, Marvin Harrison or whatever the you guys are looking for, you can't. You got to feel pretty good about getting two potential cornerstone pieces for your defense. A unit that was horrible. Jonathan Gann's a defensive coach, he's going to want to going to want to build up that defense as much as you want to help Kyler murray and get him a number one receiver you have guys i mean you have marquise brown still he's a free agent and you McBride. can resign him you have trey mcbride at tight end you have a decent run game right now with james Conner. there's other positions you can uh ad- or other times that you can address the wide receiver position later on in the second and third round because it's a deep class so i actually really like what we've done with the cardinals so far and they have picked up a ton of capital too
1: yeah, no, absolutely. I think that would be a fantastic start. Like, if you're a Cardinals fan and you see to Nate Wiggins added to your team, potentially at the top of the second round, if that's the spot you want to attack wide receiver, I mean, look at wide receiver alone. If you're a Cardinals fan, you can still get Troy Franklin, Ladd McConkey, not Keon Coleman, because that's who's going to be going here at 28th overall with the Buffalo Bills. Love the fit, potential long-term Gabe Davis replacement can really be that physical X wide receiver that they need added. Two compliments Stefan Diggs. Obviously, Stefan Diggs being the elite separator that he is, struggling a little bit more with physicality, add Keon Coleman, you'll have no issues in that receiving core.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't disagree. I think Coleman's ideal landing spot for him specifically is, uh, is the Buffalo bills because you get to learn how to run routes properly from a guy that knows how to do it at a high level, um, with Stefan Diggs, and you get to play the role that at least you're capable of playing immediately. And you're, he's a very young player. He's one of the youngest receivers in this class and he could still get a lot better. He does need to get a lot better in terms of separation ability and that kind of thing. But people keep talking about how he doesn't have like elite straight line speed, but it's kind of a similar, he almost reminds me of like a worse Drake London where it's like the basketball yeah. background shows up. He can win at the catch point. And that late third phase of your route separation is so underrated with Keon Coleman where, yeah, he's not going to break ankles like lad McConkey, but he can create separation if you trust him to get the ball to him. And we know guy that's going to trust his receiver is a guy like Josh Allen, who's going to be a gunslinger quarterback, the type of guy that Keon Coleman needs to be with. Think about, you know, a guy like uh, Martavis Bryant. He needed a gunslinger like Ben uh, Ben Roethlisberger. That's the type of quarterback that you need when you're a receiver of this, you know, play style.
1: Yeah, no, uh, I, I agree there as well. Uh, that'd be a lot of fun. I mean, getting potentially, you know, I, I mean, Josh Allen has to be the new Ben Roethlisberger in the NFL, right? Like a better version of him.
0: Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. at least from a mobility standpoint, he's a better version of him. But oh, yeah, same sure. type of archetype of quarterback for sure. Yeah. So um, Detroit Lions are on the board here. Again, they have uh, listed interior offensive line as their biggest need. You thought I was going to do it earlier. I am gonna go I to going to go to my University of Texas um, Longhorn here with Byron Murphy. They got to stop the run better, man. And they they also need somebody to, to disrupt other than Aiden Hutchinson on yes. the defensive line. And Byron Murphy, I watched a lot of his career, obviously, as a Texas fan. He is disruptive, man. He's yeah. physical. He's got power. He's got speed. He's a good player, man. I know um, uh, Sweat won the uh, Outland Trophy, but Murphy, in my opinion, was the guy that was the more disruptive uh, pass rusher. And I think that's also what the uh, Lions could use. So you need a guy that can stop the run. You need a guy that can go after the quarterback as a pass rusher. Other than Aiden Hutchinson, this is the guy that um, is going to do that for you up front. I think their secondary is bad. Like, I think they could use some, you know, development and um, some players there, but they have young pieces on their secondary, like Melifonwu and if uh, Gardner Johnson and stuff are back on the secondary, they have upside there. I don't think you just need to throw a guy at their secondary to make it better. I think they just need to play better. I don't think they're bad players that they have in their secondary.
1: Yeah, I agree there. Uh, I will say they could use an extra corner, but like you said, they could also use a very good interior pass rusher. Um realistically byron murphy from a pass rushing standpoint think of like a javon argrave what he was able to do unleashed on that philadelphia defense unleashed on that niners defense this past year uh i think byron murphy could potentially have that same impact moving forward for this detroit lions defense paired next to aiden hutchinson but back on the clock here With my team, Dallas Cowboys obviously cooped an extra third-round pick moving down with the Ravens in that earlier deal. The reason why I made that move is I really do feel like they can go a number of directions with this pick. And whereas with a team like the Ravens, whereas a team with like the Cardinals, like they kind of knew they were taking an edge or a corner. Cowboys more so kind of leaning on either an offensive lineman or potentially a wide receiver here. Now... I'm going to bind here. Do I want to go with a guy like Lab McConkie? Do I want to go with a guy like Troy Franklin? Or do I want to go to the offensive line? I think you can go either direction. But I'm going to favor the offensive line here. I'm going to look at uh, Troy Fatuanu from Washington has inside-out versatility, can be your long-term Tyron Smith replacement. I think Tyron Smith will come back for one year, but long-term, once Tyron Smith moves on, you have to have a sufficient plan, whether that's having Fatuanu move to left guard with Tyler Smith kicking out, whether that's leaving Tyler Smith at left guard with Troy Fatuanu kicking out, having that insurance plan is going to be key. So getting him here, 30th overall, I think that's a very sound pick. And the Cowboys just need to make sound picks at this point. They're right on that threshold of potentially making the NFC Championship, advancing in the playoffs. They don't need to be flashy here. They are really close. And adding to the offensive line, like we saw flare up during the season, would be very sound.
0: Yeah, and I'm actually going to do the exact same thing for the 49ers because yeah. I, I think everybody wants to go flashy with their pick. They're going to want to give him a wide receiver or something because, you know, Juwan Jennings is a free agent. Brandon Ayuk is up for his deal. Maybe you could talk yourself into a Troy Franklin here. But Kyle Shanahan, he knows he's he can get the best out of his offensive personnel, I think. Um, what he needs to invest in that he doesn't get the best out of all the time without the talent there is offensive line, defensive line, you know, secondary, that kind of thing. So could go a number of different directions. You could go with a corner here, I think, as well. Um, but I'm actually going to go with Jordan Morgan from Arizona as the uh, tackle there on the board. Again, I don't know too much about Jordan Morgan, but I do know that um I have heard people talk very highly about him, and I think. Um outside Trent Williams man who's also old as hell. You don't yeah, have a whole like lot of like premier right? talent on your offensive line if you're the uh, if you're the San Francisco 49ers. You got Colton McKivitz and you know a couple other guys there. They're just find a place for Morgan. He could be a long-term left tackle for you as well.
1: Yeah, I mean Trent Williams is going to be 36 years old. Like he's One of the oldest players in the league, so I really like the fit for the San Francisco 49ers. Whether you're drafting Jordan Morgan to be the long term Trent Williams replacement, maybe start him out on the right side, and then once Trent Williams retires, move him back to left, or whether it's to pair with Trent Williams, maybe you want to move him inside. But regardless, I really do love the fit here, reinforcing that offensive line for this uh, San Francisco 49ers team. And we saw in the Super Bowl, we just saw on Sunday. Chris Jones was absolutely dominating down the stretch. that defensive line of the Chiefs absolutely dominating down the stretch. you really need to ensure that spot if you want to ultimately win a Super Bowl and I'm sorry for 49ers fans, but you made it to that dance three times. you haven't won one. I really think Shanahan knows the weakness at this point is to solidify that offensive line. So I like that pick there and speaking of the Super Bowl we head towards the champions. if you're if you play fantasy, if you don't play fantasy, if you just watch that offense, you know where this pick's going to be. It's going to be to the wide receiver position. And I think the best fit on the board is Troy Franklin to take over that Marquez Valdez-Scantling role and give you a big plus at that spot. So uh, overall review, uh, I will zoom out so you guys can see the full board here. But basically, you guys can see first overall, Caleb Williams, Daniels, Marvin Harrison, Drake May, Romo Doomsday flattening out the top five. And I'll leave this on for a few seconds while we do the outro, but you guys can kind of see the landing spots and what happened.
0: Yeah. A lot of trades that we ended up making, obviously the JJ McCarthy trade, uh, for the Vikings, we get, um, the, uh, Drake may trade for the Falcons. We have, uh, the trade with the bears moving down again for Dallas Turner and it, a lot of trades in this mock Cooper to Jean trade. We, we, we made a lot of moves, but this is kind of how the NFL draft works. When teams don't like the board, they move down. And it's obviously trades mix up the draft order. And sometimes people don't like doing that. You just want to like get a realistic option for like if you stuck and pick, uh, stuck and picked what kind of players are you looking at but uh, the NFL draft is pure chaos and that's why we love oh, yeah. it that's uh, why it's one of the most fun times of the year i'm uh, a little sad that my buccaneers are not picking higher even though we made the playoffs and we won a playoff game it's like i actually thought this was going to be a year where i was going to be really invested in the draft and really invested in the prospects and maybe even the quarterbacks in the draft but I mean, with uh, with Liam Cohen coming in, Baker Mayfield looks like he's coming back. It looks like we're going to try and keep Mike Evans and stuff, too. So I'm excited about this Cooper to fit. I think this is something that the, the Jason Light will be very aware of if he's available at our pick.
1: Yeah, and same thing with Troy Fatuanu, really just establishing that offensive line for Dallas. We've seen in those big matchups that they've gotten bullied at the point of attack by guys like San Francisco, those big physical teams. So getting another offensive lineman to combat that, I'd be very excited uh, as a Cowboys fan here. On top of that, also netting an extra third round pick
0: yeah for sure and if you guys are a fan of a team and you didn't like what we did just let us know down below in the comments what didn't you like about it what don't you like about the prospect is it the position that we address that you don't like is that not your biggest need whatever uh, you thought we should have done with that pick we are absolutely fine hearing out your criticisms we are not draft experts we study the fantasy prospects pretty much only for the NFL draft we don't really focus too much on tackles and edge rushers and corners and that kind of thing so if you disagreed with the pick please let us know down below in the comments leave a like down below as well if you did enjoy this video subscribe if you're new around Around here. Of course, you know, NFL mocks, you guys might not know who we are. If you play dynasty fantasy football specifically, but fantasy football in general, leave a subscription down below. Our draft guide will be coming out at some point this week. I actually, I had a tragedy in my family. My uncle passed away, sadly of a heart attack. So might be a little delayed on the, uh, the February 15th initial date that we talked about it. So, um, please, you know, just be patient with us. We'll get that out as soon as possible. But if you're interested in our draft guide, it is available on FlockFantasy.com. Use the promo code FSE for a seven day free trial, 30% off any of the subscriptions and six months for free, plus a free zoom consultation with one of us for your dynasty rosters or for whatever you want to talk about fantasy related. If you sign up annually over there. So really appreciate that. We'll probably get a listener startup going on pretty soon, maybe in the next month, maybe two months or so. Um, So keep uh, posted for that, but uh, I really appreciate all the support uh, I've gotten for my uncle's passing. So really appreciate that. But with that being said, peace out and we'll talk to you soon.